Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal. We're bringing you an inside look at our community and keeping you informed about what's happening on campus. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Lisa Condry, TMI's personal and college counselor and psychology teacher. Lisa has a bachelor in psychology and social work from the University of Texas at Austin and a master of social work from Florida State University. And she's here today to share her expertise and knowledge to help our families learn how they can manage stress and anxiety during these unprecedented times with the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for asking me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And you were actually on here about a year ago, so I'm excited to have you back on the show again. Well, thank you. So these are certainly some strange times that we're in these days. Definitely, I don't think anyone could have imagined the situation that we're in. And it's interesting to me, it seems like every time I get on Facebook or social media that I'm seeing a lot of my friends and and colleagues who have families and children at home that a lot of them are feeling the stress and pressure and overwhelm these days. So I was wondering if maybe you could start us off by helping to give some tips that will maybe give our parents some ideas on how they can manage their stress levels and to not feel so overwhelmed in this new environment that has uprooted our daily lives. What we all need to remember is that none of us basically know what we're doing, uh, that this is, that we are creatures of habit. We love our routines Mm -hmm. and uh, we are also very social beings. So not being in our usual environments, seeing the people that we usually see, even for those of us that, uh, that describe ourselves as introverts, which basically means that we recharge our batteries and and get our energy from quiet time rather than in social settings as extroverts do. Uh, but even even the most introverted introvert still needs connection with other people. So all of us are grappling with this total disruption in our daily routines, in what we can expect from each, what we are used to expecting from each day. And then also the social connection that we, we want to have and that we just kind of, you know, seep in through our pores, as it were, uh, just by being in communal environments together. So recognizing first and foremost that everyone is basically making it up as we go along might help to reduce a little bit of the ex- self expectation of I must be totally masterful and competent in this in this uh, environment in this situation so which which also means that parents need to be as compassionate with themselves as they are with others that again recognizing that that none of us are 100% competent in this situation and we can't expect ourselves to always score 100% on our daily lives and that we we need to recognize that, that we need to take a little bit more time to be compassionate with ourselves as well as our family members. Another thing to do would be to take a, a breath 
to recenter and get going again. One easy practice when we start to feel overwhelmed is to take one to three conscious deep breaths, you know, concentrating on the breath all the way in and all the way out. And then at the end of the breath, ask yourself the question, what is one thing I can do right now? Come up with that thing and then do it. For list makers, this is a great time to be making those lists. We also need to remember for those of us who are list makers that today, any one of us could probably come up with a list of 20, and I'm probably being conservative, 20 items that in our minds should be done today, right now, today. Take that list and then pick out a maximum of three that are the absolute, if I get these things done, this is what's going to help us all get through the day and do those things first. That sense of accomplishment of just being able to do those three things, and if that's all that you get done in the day, great. If you're able to pull other things off that list, that is also good. But just having a sense of accomplishment of seeing that I was able to accomplish something is going to help us to master uh, some of the anxiety and the incompetence that adults may be feeling. And then last but not least, certainly, would be to think about what you love about each member of your family and then be sure to express that, either, you know, a hug or a comment, uh, even if it's just, I love you so much, or, you know, a comment on something that the family member has done that is you know, thank you so much for doing that for me or doing that for us, but just an acknowledgement of, of love and affection towards others. As we give love to others, we also open up space for feeling comfortable and loved ourselves. Those are wonderful tips. I love that. And especially the last one there to really emphasize giving that love and showing gratitude in a way because there are so many times it's easy to be negative and we forget to practice those simple things. But the more that we practice giving love and kindness and showing some gratitude, the more we practice it, the more that becomes our default state, which really can have a tremendous impact, especially in a time like this where we're feeling the pressure every single day. Now, this is also an interesting time because we really no longer have that separation between work life and home life. It seems like those lines are definitely blurred now and, and very intertwined. So do you have any tips or ideas for our parents that will really help to recreate that divide and, and the separation between work life and home life? There are some, you know, there, there are things all over the internet now about how to cope in doing business at home and some of the ones that uh, I've seen and heard that particularly resonate are things like establishing a schedule and uh, with your children especially if you have to share resources and spaces 
So, you know, I'm going to work from 8 to 10, and that way you can do your homework from 10 to 11 or whatever it is, and I can help you with that. But setting some scheduled times for both, you know, the spaces and the resources, and then also have work apart and work together time, especially with younger children. And with that, when the parent is doing their work apart time, it would be good to establish ahead of time what is the appropriate way for children to get answers to their questions mm -hmm. if they if they need them. Anything from, you know, what do I do with this particular assignment to I can't find the fill in the blank or Mom, he's hiding. Uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff would be how, how does the parent deal with that when the child is at school? How do, how do they communicate back and forth? During the school day, we know that parents and students are communicating with each other about a multitude of things. Sometimes it's the, you know, the day to day business of I'll pick you up at X time so I, so that you can go to this other thing that you have to do to the parent contacting and say, do you need your fill in the blank that you left at home today? Or the child contacting the parent and saying, this happened and I'm upset about it and so on. So how do, do parents and children deal with that during school time and maybe institute that during the work apart time to maybe reduce the, you know, Mom, he has my ex that I need, or Mom, where can I find the whatchamacallit, or Dad, we're out of this thing that, you know, that I want to have right now. Reduce that down to maybe text messages that you, that parents would receive in their home office, and then that they would deal with it at the same way that they would during work time, which is probably, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm to look at the text message and go, how urgent is it that I answer this right now? And if it is a, if it is not a life and death matter, I'm sure that parents put that phone down and then when they finish their thought or they finish that task, then they pick up the phone and text back. Do the same thing at home and make that a bit of a routine and still, you know, have, of course, it will be face-to-face -face time and then, you know, those all those questions can be answered in person. But that might help the parent to feel that and that they have concentrated work time. What are some ways that parents can help to talk to their children about what's going on in the world right now that this is a very unique situation? I think parents know best what what the parameters are about what each child in their family, according to age, is able to understand and, and also to tolerate as far as, as how much reality do they, do they need to know. And so talking about there's this disease that is so, so easy to catch, and we in our family are helping to keep ourselves healthy and everybody in our community happy, healthy by observing these new rules, which means, you know, that we have to stay at home, which means, sweetie, you can't go to the grocery store with me today. And, and then also emphasizing there will be an end to this. And when there is an end to this, we'll be doing the things that we used to do, going to the store together. You'll be able to play with your friends again. 
and all of those things. So knowing, thinking through how much of reality can each of my children take, then also re reminding them that this is this is temporary, although temporary when we're talking about weeks long can seem like forever to young children and you know kind of look, kind of feels like forever to us too uh, but we have the capacity to see farther in the future and know that there is an end to this and we just need to keep re-emphasizing that with with children of all ages and this is something that maybe enlisting older siblings and speaking about which are like our our kids our TMI kids how can parents enlist their middle school and upper school kids in helping with the younger ones and I'm not talking about you know just free babysitting but more on how can my older children help my younger children to cope in this environment what should my teenagers and I agree upon about how they will talk to their younger siblings about uh, what's going on about uh, boundaries for older siblings to have privacy both for their work and also for their social time or just their alone time yet not leaving the little ones uh, so that they kind of feel like you know all the older people in the family are off doing things and here I am stuck alone so there this is a good time for teenagers to be brought into the family decision making as well as enlisted for the the help and the support that they can give to their younger siblings those are wonderful tips and i love bringing in our older students to be able to guide the younger students through this process so one of the things that our tmi students know you for is tranquil tuesday and that is something that unfortunately we are not getting right now while we're all apart and doing some remote instruction. And Tranquil Tuesdays was, it was really a, a tool that you brought to our community to help give the students a, a pause in the week, a, a chance to take a break and to focus and really center themselves. And I think that's something that we probably need now more than ever. So one of my questions to you is, how can families bring that Tranquil Tuesdays into their home and really implement it during this time and use it as a, a way to bring everyone together and to recenter themselves? They could do things either that are, you know, formal, in quotes, or purposeful, uh, relaxation or meditation type things together. One real easy one to do that is great for doing as a family or just to do individually is called the five, four, three, two, one grounding technique. And, uh, you know, everybody would get together and let's say that the family decides to sit together and that start by, you know, taking a breath noticing the breath and then start by looking and look for and notice five things and each person would mention those things in in their mind i see the picture of the tree i see the television set so on so on five things and then four would four things that each person feels 
I feel my body sitting on the sofa. I feel the computer sitting in my lap. I feel the coolness of the air around me. So four things. And then three, three things that they can hear. Two things that they can, let's see. Now I'm, see, I'm getting <laughs> up in my own thing here. Three things you hear, two things that you smell. There we go. And then one thing that you can taste. This is one that I did when uh, Ms. Banks had the middle school and me get together for a few guided relaxation sessions last school year that the kids really liked. And since they had it right after lunch, <laughs> you know, they still had the kind of the taste of something in their mouth. But if you're sitting in the middle of the afternoon and you haven't had anything to eat lately and you don't really taste anything at this moment, then remember the taste of something that you like. So that's something that can be done in less than two minutes and can just bring the family to sort of a, a, a nice, calm pause together. There are also all sorts of guided meditations that you can find on YouTube. And there are some that are child-centered so that they are good for the whole family, as it were. And two, you know, this isn't exactly meditation or relaxation, but families probably have a lot more opportunity to have a meal together than uh, maybe they have had in the past. And a good thing to to do at that mealtime would say, you know, number one, ban devices for all at the table. And uh, then two, that conversation is to be about things that each person finds interesting, uh, some, and, and something that they are curious about things that they would like to ask each other about, but not the business of life, not, uh, you know, what is our schedule? What are we doing tomorrow? What homework do you have later? Uh, but more of, you know, conversing like you would converse in, in relaxed times in, in the summertime when mm -hmm. you don't have school hanging over your head. Wonderful tips. Really love those. So last week, which actually feels like, to me, it feels as if it were two, three months ago, <laughs> but, but it was actually just last week that you shared some tips with our students for thriving in these strange times. And I was wondering if you could just recap those a little bit and share those with our families and our audience on great ways to really just focus on the now and thrive with what's going on. Well, one thing that, that we all need to be doing uh, is get out of the house. Mm -hmm. When we get out, even into our own backyards, being in the open air with natural light, even filtered through clouds, hitting our eyes, that is a mechanism that the body uses to set our sleep-wake cycle and also is a, a benefit to mood and elevating mood. So getting out is, is a very good thing. Getting out and taking a walk is even better. 
that might help to feed a little bit of the social, uh, the longing for social contact by seeing other people in your neighborhood even. Mm -hmm. uh, but getting out and taking a walk, that exercises is also very important. And you actually, speaking of going out, you mentioned in your tips to the students, going out virtually and exploring the world using the devices and the technology that we have today. Yes, yes. In that email, um, I sent a link to Explore. I believe it's explore.org, mm -hmm. which has all sorts of webcams all over the world to see animals in nature or see other parts of the world, but in, in the natural environments in Africa and the Arctic and uh, places that maybe we have not been before and we can be someplace else still while we are at home looking at our computers. What a great way to break up our, our new normal and to really get out, so to speak, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lisa, you have provided some really incredible tips today. Is there anything else that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want to share with our community before we wrap up? I think it's really important that um, every day we make sure that we have a personal contact with at least one other person outside of our, if in the families, even outside of our family group to remember our connectedness to others in our wider circle. And even if it's like texting somebody that you haven't contacted lately, making a call to, to a, another family member, connecting with others is what is going to be the, a, a good source of strength and joy as, mm -hmm. as we continue to deal with all this strangeness. Wonderful tips. I really appreciate you taking the time today and visiting with me to share all of this. So thank you so much, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to connect with you and hear your feedback on the show. Send us an email at panthercast at tmi-sa.org. And if you want to know more about what's happening here at TMI, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.